What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. This is your host, Nate Bailey. And uh, before we get into today's phenomenal guest, we have uh, some great information for you to check out on my website, natebailey.org. You can go check out all the other previous podcast episodes that we have recorded. I believe at this point, we have something like over 260 uh, on our site for you to check out and listen into. Also, you can check out a, a few of the programs that we have, the CL24 Championship Leadership 24-Hour Experience, as well as my Unleash the Leader Within ULW Experience in Nashville, Tennessee, four-day uh, powerful experience for entrepreneurs, executives, professionals that are looking to take their life to the next level. And uh, today with our guest, William Moore, or Will Moore, uh, it goes by Will, uh, go check out what he's up to, his his company, his site, moremomentum.com. He just sold a company that he had built from the ground up back in 2019 and now has a new mission and purpose in life. And uh, so you can find out more of what he's up to and uh, take a, a short assessment that he has there as well uh, at More Momentum, and that's M-O-O-R-E momentum.com. We'll have that linked up for you as well. Uh, but excited to get you into this episode today. We had a great conversation. And with that, we will uh, introduce you to Will Moore. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. And um, we're excited here today to have William Moore with us out of uh, Chicago, Illinois. So how you doing? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on, Nate. Appreciate it. Good to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, are you an, a native of Chicago? or No. No, I, I've been all over. Um, okay. Well, preference, my mom was an army brat. So okay. yeah, I actually was born in California. We lived in Hawaii, Honolulu for years. Oh, wow. That's the Maryland for many years. Then I was in Florida um, for about half my life, Orlando, Florida. I went to okay. school in Winter Park, Florida, and then moved here about five years ago. Gotcha. All right. Um, well, before we get too much into to you and your story and, and what you're up to, Championship Leadership's the name of the podcast. I always like asking this question first. Uh, what comes to mind for you or what does championship leadership mean to you when you when you hear that? 
Uh, championship leadership, you know, to me, I, I kind of associate that with just kind of the term I use is firing on all cylinders, um, kind of attaches to these five cores. I talk about there's these, these main areas of your life, which are your mindset, your career and your finances, your relationships, your physical health and your emotional health and giving back. And, um, to me, the the goal is to live a holistic lifestyle, to not just be focused on one little area, but to try to make sure you're balancing them and growing in each of these areas. Um, and I think if you're able to to pull that off successfully and continue to grow, I think that, uh, you become a championship leader. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's fun to hear all the different uh, ways that the championship leadership's been sliced up by the guests here. Uh, it's always different, a little bit unique. So, um, what's, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Like what's, what's the path that's you've been on in, in life and, and how that's gotten you to where you are today and what it is that you're up to today. Yeah, sure. So as I mentioned, you know, I've kind of been all over. Um, my parents were hippies. I was born Rocky Clay Wooten Thomas Moore. Awesome. To Sunpath, uh, excuse me, to Puff Sunpath Moore. Okay. Um, that gives you any idea. Yeah. Uh, they both rebelled. They were actually both came from pretty, you know, blue collar, uh, straight. Well, my dad more so blue collar. My, as I said, my mom's dad was a general in the, in World War Two, mm-hmm. three star general, um, and the, and the Korean war. Um, so they both just said, you know, to heck with this straight edge stuff. We're going to, you know, seventies, they just jumped right at sixties and seventies into the hippies movement. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it was, Hawaii was cool, but you know, we, we didn't have any money. We were, my sister lived in a van for the first couple of years. She's older. And then by the time I was born, we had this small little apartment. My parents divorced young. My mom, um, unfortunately developed a drinking problem. Uh, so she was an alcoholic. She was also very verbally, uh, and physically abusive, which I think kind of stemmed from her father, the general who was learned it from his family, you know, these failure habits that pass down from generation to generation. Um, but then I'm going to break though. Uh, so it was a bit of a tough childhood. Um, we were the only white kids in our, in our school. Um, and we were definitely the outsiders. We were called Howleys, which the, the, the local Hawaiian kids call. They call you Howleys? Howleys, which is, is, it's a term for white, uh, unwanted outsiders, basically. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, so then we moved to, my mom actually, to get financial help, moved to Bethesda, Maryland to be by her grandparents. Uh, she written reconciled with them. My grandfather actually boycotted the wedding. He was so upset that she was oh, wow. and marrying another yeah. hippie. So, but then they kind of reconciled. We, we lived there and I had that experience of seeing they were, you know, that side of life. And, and we lived in a very, a nicer suburban neighborhood, but I didn't really fit in there either because I developed this pigeon slang from Hawaii and I was, you know, shoulder length hair and this hippie kid. And there's all these, you know, kids coming from the suburbs. So Flash forward to college, I was your typical victim. Um, sure that life was out to get me. My brain was broken. There was nothing I could do about it. Uh, I was hoping for a fresh start, but I didn't get into everybody in my hall. And it sounds like white boy problems, but got into a fraternity or a sorority, all the new kids um, in our freshman hall. And I was literally the only one that didn't. And looking back now, what I know about humans and, and how to make friends and, and, and all these things, it doesn't surprise me because I was just all wrapped up in my own ego and myself and was so insecure. Um, but it was devastating at the time. And I just sort of threw myself into studies and was like, okay, I'm just going to figure out, 
I'm, I'm just, you know, just, this is all I have and it's either this or suicide. So I chose that. And, um, fortunately I had a professor that introduced me kind of on the side serendipitously to a book. Um, I really admired this professor. I was like, I want to be that guy when I grow up. Yeah. Uh, he's young and hip and cool. And, and I was like, yes, this guy. And he's like, yeah. So I read this book called how to win friends and influence people when I was younger, completely changed my life, you know, Anyways, back to the lecture. And I just like wrote it down. <laughs> yeah. Didn't hear a word he said for the rest of the lecture. Went straight to the library. Fortunately, we had it at our school library and I just devoured it. And from that moment on, it was like something shifted in my brain where I was like, okay, there's hope. I can reinvent myself. There's these universal principles in the world that I can take advantage of. I've been ignoring. I didn't know about them. And I just became a, a, a self-help beast, devouring all these books and using myself as a human science experiment and testing things and taking notes and seeing what worked and just slowly by slowly kind of building, you know, more confidence and more, you know, really sort of, like I said, taking advantage of these laws that have been around since the beginning of time. They're going to be around till the end that I've been ignoring. Um, for instance, how to win friends and influence people. You know, I mean, that whole book, if you could sum it up in one sentence, it was written way back in the 1940s. But if you yeah. read it today, you would think it was written yesterday other yeah. than the outdated, yeah. uh, you know, uh, analogies and stuff they use. But it's basically just make people feel important and special and give to others. And yeah. it will come back a thousand times. It's, right. it's not rocket science, but yeah. that's, that's how the hu that's human nature. And if we make it all about ourselves and we're selfish and we don't pay attention to other people and we don't make them feel special and we don't, you know, actively try to, to help them and, and serve them, we're going to struggle much more in our lives and in, in, in our careers in our relationships um, and all this. So that was kind of the beginning of it. And then flash forward 25 years later, you know, I, I was able to sort of build out these main areas of my life, like I said, and I didn't at the time put it all together that there's these five cores that we all share. Yeah. But, you know, slowly but surely I started improving my mindset, which is core one. My career and my finances became an obsession. I was like, I'm going to become so filthy, stinking rich. All those people that were mean to me are going to feel so bad, right? <laughs> right the whole revenge right. story. Yeah. Um, and and then you know my relationships obviously were improving. My physical health, I got that early on how important it was and how it's connected to the mind. So my eating habits, my my workout habits, and whatnot. Uh, and then the emotional side, you know, just learning to deal with stress, making sure I was incorporating my passions and stuff that super important to me. Um, and the giving back, which luckily I got early on how, not only how good it makes you feel to do it, but how it ends up coming back tenfold always when you, you know, you give back to yeah. the world. And so it's like, yeah. and now I'm a dad, I got a two and a five-year-old. It's like, what legacy am I going to leave? You know, is the world going to be better or worse for having me in it? And so that's kind of one of the things that it's in my mantra that I say every morning. So sold my business. I, I did end up making that money. Although by the time I made that money, I, I wasn't focused on these other people anymore, but that's how it started. Right, uh, we right. sold our company in 2019 that I built for $321 million. Um, it was called uh, Doorstep Delivery, which that merged with a company called Bite Squad and was bought by a company called Waiter Holdings. Um, so I didn't get a check for $321 million. million. We had investors, you know, it's, but I had enough money to where I didn't technically have to work for the rest of my life. And I decided, you know what? I've got these two small boys now. I had a tough childhood. I feel like the system's broken and that a lot of people are coming up through the system and feeling the way I do by the time they get to young adulthood. So I want to help people learn from all the things that I did growing up, especially my two kids. Yeah. So how, how are you going to go about that? 
So I started this company called More Momentum. My last name is More, M-O-O-R-E. And so to me, kind of the main gist of it all is we all, as I mentioned, have these, these core areas of our life that we need to make sure that we're not just focusing on one of them and ignoring the rest. But in order to be our happiest and best selves, we're balancing them and we're continuing to build momentum in each. And to me, the way to do that, it all circles around your habits. And I have what I call failure and success habits. So as I just mentioned, we have this broken system, in my opinion, where we're, you know, schooling, peers, parents, you know, parents are a crapshoot. You hope you get parents with good values and whatnot and teach you the right things. But and even if they try to tell you at the end of the day, you're going to do what they do, not what they say. Right. We're little parents as we're growing up. And the school system, in my opinion, focuses on a lot of the, the things that are just useless, like. I remember taking advanced algebra and trigonometry and all these things. And it's like, okay, where's how to balance your checkbook, learning the law of compounding to, 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 to learn, you know, these are things that I learned as I read on my own. Like I remember reading rich dad, poor dad, think and grow rich. And I've now used those principles to become wealthy, but it's this basic stuff. They still don't teach in school, emotional intelligence, setting goals. You know, it's like, why are we learning all these other things? So, Part of my goal and my mission is to just revamp all that. And again, it all centers around habits. And so the idea is you want to shine a big spotlight on your life in each of the failure habits that you might have developed in each mm -hmm. of these areas and then replace them with the success habits using my system. Okay. I love it. That's great. Yeah. Uh, that's very interesting stuff. Um, very close to a lot of the things that I do with my clients too. So um, I'm definitely geek out on that. Um, nice. Who are some of the championship leaders? You know, maybe it's a coach, a mentor, a friend, a relative, somebody close to you um, that has impacted your life and, and really more so like, what is it? What are some of the characteristics uh, about those people that maybe you've taken to help mold who you are as a leader? So, God, at the risk of sounding, you know, I don't know how this will come off, but I mean, I'm always a brutal, honest guy. Yeah. You know, I really feel like I kind of did it myself. Um, yeah. I definitely, those early years seeing, I mentioned briefly my grandparents and the others, how the other side lives and like seeing like they, you know, they had a nice house and, you know, they did things a certain way versus the complete opposite of my, my free love and hippie parents and, and whatnot, which that was also a great, I got great lessons from and stuff like my, I'm very pat, I'm very uh, sensitive and caring and I, I care about the planet. I care about other people and, and just some of those, those, those freewheel and hippie vibes definitely came from that. But then there's also the, you know, the responsibility side, and this is how you, you know, you've got to work hard and commitment and, you know, keep your commitments to yourself. These types of things definitely came from them, but I never really had a mentor. Yeah. Um, and I just sort of, I feel. No one's come along your way and like put their hand on your shoulder and. No, I, I, I didn't. Yeah. And, you know, I feel, I was just always sort of, and I don't know if I was born with this or it came out of desperation because I was hitting my rock bottom in college. And I was like, it's either, you know, reinvent myself and figure it out or kill myself, you know, like I said, but I just sort of had this spark of like, I am going to change. And I just had this passion of just being able to, and I just my business, my relationships, I always had this ability to push through where I would see others stop. Um, you know, like with our business, I mean, it took three years. We, I, I have a million stories on how yeah, easy it would yeah. have been to quit our business, to give up. Um, we, we had, we were robbed. We, we had somebody try to steal our business plan from us. Um, 
we had the guy that sold us the business plan tried to tried to turn around and actually compete with us. Like there was just so many things. And I just said, I know this is a good plan. So this was restaurant delivery, by the way. So this was Grubhub, Uber Eats, DoorDash before those guys ever existed. So this was like 12 years ago. Um, we were one of the first big ones in. And so we dom- we ended up dominating the Southeast and uh, had 19 branches when it was all said and done, mainly in Florida, like Tennessee, South Carolina, North Carolina. And, you know, now obviously you see what that industry has become, but we did it. We bootstrapped it. We yeah. didn't raise any money at first. We did it all ourselves. And we just had to push through like mofos yeah. and, and just say, never, never say die. And I think that I'm fortunate to have that just built in me. And, you know, I realized also whatever you end up choosing is a big part of that. Like I believed in what we were doing and I knew that there was potential there. So when we kept hitting those, those hurdles and obstacles, again, that goes back to the mindset core. I was like, okay, we just failed miserably. This sucks, but what did I learn from it? How can I, you know, weave around it and pivot and keep moving forward to become bigger, better, faster, stronger, smarter. And that's just kind of the the mindset that I've been able to develop early on that's helped push me through all this stuff. Yeah. It, it, who wrote the book? Uh, is that Earl Nightingale or is that like Norman Vincent Peale that wrote the... Uh, How to Win Friends and Influence uh, People? Dale Carnegie. Dale. Uh, Dale. Neither one of those. That's right, Dale. Written in the uh, 40s, I yeah. think. And, you know, what, 80 years ago? And like I said, those that's, are that's to me there. an example of... There's certain books you're like, okay... But yeah. then there's ones you read and you're like, yes, yeah. this is, this worked 40, 80 years ago. It's going to work until we destroy ourselves. Exactly. One day. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, yeah. So that, those are the ones that I gravitated towards. And I just started taking notes on universal principles. And honestly, my first book, I'm, I'm still working on this book. It's 25 years in the making, but it was yeah. really it was just a list of universal principles that I found that I read multiple times in different ways. And that I tried myself and I'm like, Okay, you can hang your hat on these. And so this is what I base my habits around. And these habits that I try to teach and help people with is saying, like, it's so easy to develop, you know, the low hanging fruit habits, those failure habits. And it's not easy to un- unclaw them, to declaw them, right? They, they, they're holding on, they're holding on hard. They don't want to let go, but habits don't care if they're good or bad, helping or hurting you. That's the cool thing. Once you are able to do the work yeah. and get over that hump, that front loaded work, um, then they're on autopilot helping you build momentum versus hurting yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. What's, um, what's, what's the vision for you? Like uh, championship leaders, you know, I always use this example. Um, I don't know if you're a football guy, but Bill Belichick of the Patriots, you got Nick Saban at Alabama, like they're competing with you know, the, the elite of the elite in their, in their profession. Right. And they continue to, um, show up and win just about every year. And so they, with that, they have to have this, this uh, vision that even the best of the best uh, can't see themselves. Right. And then they have the courage to take action on that. What's, what's the vision that you have for more m- momentum and where you're going and the impact um, most importantly that you want to create from that? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, for lack of a better word, um, like, you know, a movement of change, you know, I want to get people moving in the right direction and hopefully that'll pay it forward. They'll want to then just naturally pay it forward to other people and kind of get the world moving in the right direction. I feel like we're moving in the wrong direction right now, uh, or at best we're, we're, we're standing still, which is almost worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, we, we've got politically, you got like half of the world hates the other half. And it, it really just a huge spotlight got shown on. And the differences really were more polarized during this last presidency, I feel like here in the US. And it just sort of spread worldwide. And, and it was like people were picking sides. And it's like, if you weren't on my side, you're the enemy. And it's like, no, you're going the wrong way. Like, we're never going to make progress. We're never going to, you know, be able to reach our potential as humans, as a planet. We've got all this great technology and whatnot, but we're just like going back and forth and beating each other up. We got to do this instead of this. And so, you know, my whole mission and, and movement is to kind of get people on the same page and say, look, if everybody's living the five core life, everybody's firing on all cylinders and like basing their life off these principles, all that shit would go away. Like there wouldn't be this, this hatred and this fear and this jealousy and this racism and this resentment, because if you're basing your life off of these principles where those things are, 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 are known in your brain to be bad, like to stay away from, to, to do the opposite, because that's going to make you personally happier. So from a selfish perspective, do all these things just for you. Yeah. And then hopefully, you know, as I said, it'll spread through to other areas. And I do want to revamp the educational system. I think, as I said earlier, it's, it's super broken. Yeah, that's a tough one. You know, um, getting everybody, unfortunately, getting everybody on the same page. It's, it feels like, you know, there's no in between for a lot of people. I don't think it's true. And, you know, I'll also say that I don't think it's as, as bad as what we are being told and fed on, on TV, the news, news waves as well. Like I, I travel a fair amount and what I see is kind of quite opposite of what you, what we see on online or on TV. I don't know. I mean, the, the divisiveness definitely is there, but um, I don't see it as much when I'm traveling. Like I just see people that actually like get along. <laughs> um, so it's interesting. Well, I, yeah, I don't disagree. Right. It's not like, but I will say, I think that there's a lot of um, politeness and I think that, you know, yes, you know, we're, we're all, we, we've learned, you know, just for our selfish self survival, like it doesn't make sense to go around being like, F you, I believe this, you believe that. So there's a lot of niceties like, Oh yeah, you know, I see your perspective, but from what I've seen behind closed doors, yeah. People have dug their heels in pretty deep on their beliefs. Yeah. And, you know, there is resentment for the other yeah. side. And, you know, I've got friends, like some of my really good friends that politically are completely opposite than me. Yeah. And, you know, we've just kind of gotten to the point where we just shelve the conversation because it's like, I'm not going to convince you. You're not going to convince me. Yeah. I respect you as a human being. Yeah. Um, I don't agree with you politically. Yeah. And, you know, because, because, you know, there's that, that, that polite, stuff at the beginning, but then you start to get into it and then you get into like, you see the passion in people's faces and, and in your yeah. own, your yeah. own heart, you know, you're like, why can't you see this? Like yeah. this, it's just, it's black <laughs> yeah. and white and they, and they think the same thing. And well, I mean, if, if you could at least, uh, you know, shelve it and still have respect for each other and, uh, agree to disagree in a way, I guess, I think that's important too. So, yeah. we shouldn't right. all believe the same thing. I don't, I don't think that's a good place to be either. So. Um, sure. Yeah. No, it's good to have healthy, healthy debates. Yeah, and the, yeah. what I, what's important that I'm kind of getting at is, is, is expressing your opinions in a healthy way and right. being open-minded to listening to the other side and understanding they're human being, just like you, they have fears. They grew up in a different environment with different parents, with different friends, with different teachers. So you can't blame them for saying things the, the way that they do and just being open to the fact that, okay, how do we come together versus, all right, mm -hmm. that person's an idiot. 
Um, yeah. I'm smarter than them and I'm just going to quiet and right. secretly know that because that's not helping anybody. Yeah, absolutely. What's a, uh, what's like a, I guess I'll call kind of like a turning point, a critical moment in your life. I think we all have a number of these that really shift the trajectory in our life, depending on the decisions that we make in those moments and uh, kind of that fork in the crossroads. A lot of people, especially this last year and a half are, are there, are in that moment. They're trying to figure out which way to go. Uh, there's always kind of that way you feel like you want to go, but then there's also, you know, maybe a bunch yeah. of other people trying to pull us a different direction. Um, it, what's a moment for you? Obviously you made the decision that you did, which has you where you're at today, but um, you know, had you decided differently, it could be in a very different place. Is there, there's a time or two you can share with the listeners that might be in that moment right now? For sure. So the first would be, um, what that story I mentioned earlier in college, when I, you know, this guy just happened to mention this book, like yeah. two seconds at the side, out of the side of his mouth as he was giving a lecture. And I just, something told me, go read that. Um, and that started all, you know, my whole journey and reinventing myself. Uh, the second one would be probably choosing to quit my real estate job. I was making, so I, I was selling real estate. I was selling land before I started my delivery service. Okay. And we were stuck in the office for sometimes 12 to 15 hours. This was 2006, 2000, 2005, 2006, half of 2007, when the, when the things were going crazy. Yeah, right? Yeah. The right. Um, and we were just selling land like hotcakes, you know, and we had to be in the office for these prolonged periods of time. The phones were ringing off the hook and it was like, it was pizza or Chinese were the only two options. And I was, <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, a healthy guy trying to eat good work out. Yeah. It's like, there's gotta be something better. And there wasn't. So as soon as things started to turn in the real estate market, I, I actually quit. I, I want to brand. I was the top salesman. I only worked there for a year and a half. The very first year I worked there, I was top salesman. We were making so much money with the company. My, my prize for being the top salesman was a brand new Range Rover. That's how oh, wow. well this company was. Um, and, and so I was like the last in and then the first, I was like, I'm out. And I, cause I had this idea for this delivery service. Yeah. People need this. And yeah. I quit and people were like, you're crazy. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is just yeah. a blip, you know, it's going to come back. And I was like, no, nah, man, the party's over. Like this yeah. is it. And so, um, I did, and I just took the leap of faith and I actually grabbed my best friend that I was working with at the time. And he said, no, at first, uh, -huh. I said, man, I think there's something here, you know, people need delivery, like, let's do it. And, yeah. you know, like we, so did it start out as you guys actually doing the deliveries yourself? Yeah, we did. Yeah. We started out of his, um, so I grabbed him. Yeah. He, he came on board. We, we started out of his guest bedroom and he, me, him and, and one other driver were our, our whole driver force, you know, in the end yeah. we had thousands of drivers. Yeah. Uh, that's how we started. And we, we hired a, a girl to come in and just sit by the computer. And when an order came in, it would blink and she would call one of us and say, okay, go here. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was very, it was very, uh, primal. That's yeah. not the word I'm looking for, but not advanced, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. And, um, it, it advanced, it, we, we ended up creating our own software and our own um, way to do it a lot more efficiently in an app. Sure. At yeah. the time, apps and iPhone had just come out the year we opened, or the year we opened. Yeah. yeah. So not, you know, iPhones right. now, you know, your phone, you order everything on, you yeah. click. You I remember when apps first became a thing and thinking like, what is this? Like, and uh, obviously now today, everything's on an app. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah. That's very cool. So did you, 
did you actually, were you actually uh, fortuitous enough to really see that this, this, this big bubble in real estate was coming and the collapse was, was near or was it more like just ready for a change 12 to 15 hours uh, in the office, seeing the need there because you, you, you were a healthy guy and didn't want to eat pizza and, uh, or Chinese every day. Uh, or was it a kind of a combination of everything? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, I, 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 I won't say that I, I saw it coming, but I will yeah. say that when it started to happen, yeah. whereas most people were like, Oh, this is, you know, this is just a blip. Like I said, the, yeah. You know, right. Uh, it'll come back or, you know, I, I knew, I, I knew enough, like we were doing these, these stated loans with people buying land that had no business buying this land. Yeah. And at the time yeah. I felt okay about it because yeah. they would then turn around and sell it the next week for like twice the amount. I'm like, wow, everybody's making money. Right. But when I saw that, you know, that I, re- I knew in the back of my mind, like something's got to give. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. These people, if, if they weren't selling them, they wouldn't be able to make their payments. So, yeah. um, and, you know, and so, and then it was a combination, like, as soon as I saw that happening, I was like, I've been thinking about this idea on the side, you know? Gotcha. Going. Yeah. Okay. Um, we start to wrap this up What uh, what are one or two things that, you know, if the listeners were to implement today, it would help move their life forward today. What would that be? Well, I would say, um, you know, going, going back to your five cores, you know, you should have your goal, your mission in life should not be a dollar amount. Uh, cause you're always just going to be chasing, you know, there is no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. There is no just sitting on a beach and drinking a pina colada. That's not happiness. Take it from me. I got a huge paycheck when we sold and it felt great for about a week or two. And I was like, Oh, it's like a huge anchor lifted off my shoulders. This business I've been building for 10 years, but then it was like, okay, now what? Right. It wasn't okay. Now I can just relax for the rest of my life. And the point is if you're not continually growing and, and you're not, you don't have goals and you're not moving physically, mentally, like towards something, uh, you're going to be in trouble. And in fact, there's this, uh, let me pull it out. Speaking of apps, I don't know if you can see this. We, so this is the very first app. I, one of the very first apps I ever downloaded off the iPhone. Okay. The meaning of life. I was just scrolling through and said the yeah. meaning of life and I downloaded it. And this was the whole app. It was just a picture. And it says really? we strive for more because we feel dissatisfied. We feel dissatisfied because we strive for more. And there's yeah. just, yeah. yeah. just kind of like going in this loop. Yeah. And at first I was depressed when I read that. Cause I was like, well, wait a minute. You're telling me that we're never going to be satisfied. We always want more. And when we get more, we're, we're going to want more and we're not going to be satisfied. But then I thought, well, wait a minute now, how can I use that to my advantage? And that's kind of what my whole system and core has been based around is you got to just keep moving and you got to keep growing. And in the main areas of your life that contribute to happiness, which I've identified that we all share are these five core areas. Mm-hmm. So just keep growing, keep moving. Don't, don't rest on your laurels. You know, don't be Elvis Presley and get fat and lazy and, and just right. say, Oh, I already made it. You know, <laughs> how many examples of that are there throughout history? Yeah. Um, where people, you know, you see these rock stars, you know, it's like, how many behind there was this show on VH1 I used to watch behind the music and it was yeah, like that's every right. single one ended in just <laughs> their lives no, no. ended up just completely yeah. crumbling. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's just like, no, you got to stay sharp. Mark Wahlberg's a good example. Uh, yeah, I respect yeah. him. 
He's one of these guys that just, he wakes up at like 4am and works out and then he goes and plays golf. He does things he's bad. And then he's got like four businesses and you know, the guy's just, and he makes time for his family and he's got his friends. He's got a show on on HBO that I watched. I was like, yes, that guy's, he's firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's great. Um, what are a few ways we can, uh, the listeners can find more about you follow, follow up with you and, and, uh, what you got going on. So I actually have an app that I'm developing that is going to gamify the process of all uh-huh. the stuff I'm talking about. And it's going to help you stop your failure habits and replace them with success habits okay. in the five core areas of your life. You're this yeah. rocket ship. And in order to get off of earth's gravitational pull, you have to build enough momentum by stopping some failure habits and replacing with success habits. And and you start with one core, you start with one habit and then you build from there and then you fly off to different planets and galaxies and solar systems. And you're meeting aliens on new planets who are giving (laughs) you universal principles and you're fighting through asteroid fields. It's going to be neat. Uh, So you can go um, on more momentum, M O O R E momentum.com. You just go to the gamify gamification tab at the top. And then there's an app tab. You click on that and it'll say sign up for, um, to be notified when the app is ready. Very cool. And at the top of that, my website, moremomentum.com. Again, M-O-R-E, momentum.com. There's my social media tabs. We have an Instagram page. Uh, we have over 400,000 followers. It's built kind of a cult following where we just share viral content that's feel good and kind of good news. And I also do little videos and um, interviews like this. And I'll probably yeah. put some clips from this and, and just share with people these universal principles and how to gamify them and use them to help you fire on all cylinders. That's awesome. We'll get that up. When, uh, when's the app coming? Do you have a Hopefully timeline? in the next uh, two months. Is, okay. is all. But this is my third app I've developed and they never, they're never on time. So yeah, I know that if there's one guarantee, it's like, it's never on time, right? Never when you want it to five times as much as you want them to. And they take five times as long. Yeah. It was supposed to be ready a year ago, so sure. but it is, it's a big one. I've been working on this system for 25 years. It started with a piece of paper then it went to a Microsoft word document, then an Excel document. And it started to feel like homework, which is why I developed this app. Cause I wanted to use this whole, attention span deficit that we're all developing yeah, where it's like right. we want this instant gratification and we're using our phones. I'm like, I'm going to reduce the friction and, and have that work for instead of against us. So when you level up on screen, instead of just a, a shallow dopamine hit, it doesn't do anything for you. You're actually going to level up in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, well, I appreciate you taking time today uh, to be here with us, William. And uh, it's been great. So yeah, man. Thanks so much, Nate. I appreciate it. This has been great. Yeah. Have a good day. All right, you too. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I miss my life, miss my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. And marriage has never been better than this And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader I'm gonna lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done
Bailey. Championship Leadership Podcast. Hey, Bailey. Championship, 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 leadership podcast. Championship Leadership Podcast. With Nate Bailey.